Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. So good to have you with us, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. It's Monday, November 28, 2016. We're dialing in from Central Texas. Decent day here. Hope it's good wherever your day is. Uh, again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we are the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Innovation Award. Very grateful for that. Excited about every program we do and excited about this one because we have got some discussion in the hot topics segment that is going to talk about how you can leverage your time. I don't know about you, but there's some things I just don't enjoy doing. And uh, there's some things I do really well. And uh, I'm grateful for friends like Andy Shell, who points out the things I do well, and fortunately points those out more than he does the things I don't do so well. So you surround yourself with people that will encourage you, but also point out your blind spots. And we're going to be talking about one of the things that and I'm going to talk about that in my, when I get into the hot topic segment, one of my blind spots and how I use others to help me be successful. And it's really leveraging each other's talents. We're not meant to be islands out here on our own. I heard, you know, me knows that I wake up every morning and I love doing um, my journal time, my quiet time as it's, it's the quiet time wherever it's at. And I do a lot of journaling. And so what I was doing in the um, backyard, I was journaling and reading some inspirational material. And I read this. I want to share this with you because it's applicable to the hot topic segment. It said this every morning in Africa, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up realizing that in order to live, he has to run faster not, or not be the slowest gazelle in the pack. Every morning, a lion wakes up and knows that he has to be faster than the slowest gazelle in the pack. So everybody's running. Everyone's waking up. Everyone's running. And it's how you run that's going to determine whether you stay alive or die. And so we're going to be talking about how you can do a better job of running the race of your business. And that's the Hot Topic segment. Emma Moreau dialing in from Australia. It's 4 a.m. over there, folks. And the sun is coming up, and she's joining us, and we're honored to get into that. Again, big thank you to our sponsors, ArchMI, who has their innovative new RateStar application. We'll hear about that later. Motivity Solutions, providing real-time reporting and dashboard scorecards. Belma, who is an efficient marketing and email platform. get one topic segment a little bit. And then also Simplify, real-time electronic communications exchange, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative, the part of the network. DH, you're our favorite company out there because they're a sponsor. Hey, Dave, you're really cutting out there, buddy. Oh, my, my, I mean, letting me know, Andy. Hopefully, this will get a little bit. No, it's not really getting better yet. But I'm interested to hear more well, about lions and gazelle. Are you the gazelle or the lion? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I. Is um, I am uh, like to um, uh, survive, Andy. I think that's what we try to do here in our in our podcast. So is it getting any better with the audio here? We're working. Just on Just the it. last five seconds has gotten better. Sorry, everyone, but we want you no. to hear Mr. Lickin. I appreciate that. 
Uh, thanks so much for jumping in and letting us know. You know, when we do everything over the Internet, it is one of those things where, based on your Internet connection and a lot of other connectivity, it can sometimes work and sometimes doesn't. So, Andy, jump in and let me know. Appreciate that very, very much. Anyway, big you're thank good. you to all. You're better, Dave. You're better. Go ahead. Thank <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the pace in which I speak. You need to slow it down. Anyway, big thank you for uh, DNH. It's one of our sponsors. Grateful to have them here again. Check out DNH at dh.com or call them at 1 800 815 5592. Also, special thank you goes out to Alice, Andy, Joe, Paul, Sam, and everyone else that makes a contribution to this program. So, for those of you that missed the the uh, dialogue about the gazelle and the lion, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, Joe Farr, let's get a I, you always have a good connection dialing in. I need to get your system. That's what I was, I guess, so. Yeah. Let's see if this works. Uh, yeah, yeah, today's finally an update, David. We're up 930 seconds on the day. You know, we've gone that. through quite a period since the election where uh, most of the time it's been down days. But, um, you know, uh, uh, there's always something, right? There's always something new for investors to concern themselves with, and and you know, so uh, so much after the election, the the concern was what impact the Trump presidency is going to have on the economy, and uh, uh, maybe not concern in that regard, but uh, uh, anticipation uh, as far as stocks are concerned, concern for the bond market. Well, uh, today's update seems to be somewhat related to uh, concerns about what's going on in in Italy. Uh, this weekend, there's a referendum which is uh, viewed as potentially disruptive in that um, it's a referendum on changes that the Italian government wants to wants to make in order to be a little more responsive and to to be a little more uh, you know to, to maintain uh, consistency a little better. That right now they've got some strange things that they'd like to change, and the Prime Minister Renzi is the one pushing for the reforms and. He has uh, stated if these reforms are not enacted because he's been the one pushing for them, he's going to resign as prime minister. Now, wow. the, that's where the concern begins because uh, the the uncertainty that will go along with another change in the Italian government is considered um, to be tough on the bank, the banking system over there. They're, they're, they're weak as as they stand today, and with the uncertainty, they're likely to become weaker. There are several um, uh, recapitalization plans in process that might not occur if the if the government goes through another disruption like this. And then, in addition to that, the next in control, the next in power, as far as a political group goes, is a group that has been anti-euro. And so, you know, you got that concern on top of it. So until that election, which is or the referendum, which is scheduled for this weekend, I'll, I, I, it says on Sunday, but I'm not sure uh, if the results are going to be out then or not. But the the um, the concerns that go along with that may create some continued volatility here in the week ahead, and and then certainly much like what we saw in the referendum on the on the uh, Brexit, uh, the results could create some market moving issues now that this is not as significant as brexit obviously but it is it, it is leading toward what might become another brexit uh, type event so we'll have to keep our eyes on that um 
you know, last week was was uh, a volatile week. MBS prices ended the week down another four thirty seconds, and and that's uh, post post Trump election drop of about two hundred fifty basis points on the three and a half percent mortgage backed security. So it's a, a pretty big continued to be a pretty big drop. Yeah. The um, economic data last week was generally better than expected, and and for once we can kind of say that the data had some influence on MBS prices, especially the durable orders data. It way exceeded expectations and caused a pretty pretty big drop in MBS prices to begin the day on Wednesday. Uh, last week, the housing data was fairly encouraging, although it didn't have a big impact on MBS prices. It it uh, it did show that existing home sales rose to the highest level since 2007, you know, pre-market uh, crash. Uh, new home sales fell, fell a little bit from last month, but we're still at a fairly high level. Consumer sentiment rose in November, which was good to see. Uh, the minutes of the November 2nd Fed meeting came out, but really contained no new information, and so it was not uh, really a market-moving event. So uh, this week now we have, of course, the uh, the impact of the or the uncertainty associated with the Italian referendum to to consider. Uh, but we have a lot of significant economic data. Of course, the jobs report yeah. comes out first Friday of each month, and that's on that's coming out this Friday. Consensus calls for 170,000 net new jobs. No change in the unemployment rate, and uh, nice for MBS, a, a, a small slowdown in wage inflation, assuming that we're, that will happen. Uh, also, a concern for mortgage-backed securities is going to be the core PCE, which comes out on Wednesday. That's a measure of inflation and, and is the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. Now, it's not expected to show an increase in inflation, but uh, need to pay attention to that. The ISM Manufacturing Index is a, is a big event on Thursday. Uh, other announcements to come out second quarter, second estimate of third quarter GDP comes out tomorrow. Uh, the expectation there is that it, GDP in the third quarter is going to be a little higher than the first estimate. So it, the first es- estimate was 2.9%. This is expected to be 3.0%, so a slight increase there. Slight. And then uh, pending home sales on Wednesday, ADP, Beige Book all on Wednesday, and then construction spending on Thursday. So uh, a, a week really pretty big, pretty full of uh, significant economic events to deal with, plus the political issues and the uncertainty that goes along with uh, things going on in Europe. Yeah, and that that could trump everything going on here. So it'll be real interesting to see where that all ends up. So, Joe, thanks so much. Did a great job of bringing this information. And uh, you came in, at least on my headset, is crystal clear. So appreciate well, the good. fact that you got good audio here. So we're going to be right back, folks, after this brief break. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteline delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect. And know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteline, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS. MBSQuoteLine.com. MBSQuoteLine.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin'. So good to have you with us, everybody. Sorry about the audio issues we had earlier. 
Those are now hopefully behind us. And we have Paul Malo, who is not only a uh, reporter extraordinaire about what's going on in the mortgage industry, but he also is a backup audio engineer. He sent me an email. David, your email's, your audio's breaking up. So anyway, can you, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I, I can. It, you know, I, I, it's, pieces still drop out here and there, but it's not as bad as that early couple, uh, that early 60 seconds or whatever. But anyway, well, yeah, that's good, the sign. Yeah. Well, they can hear you, and that's the most important part. So we hear everyone else. So what you got for us? I'm looking at your website, great website for those of you that are not signed up to receive the the IMF News daily email. You are missing out on some great content here. encourage you to do so by going to www.imfnews.com. Paul, let's go through what's on your website here today. Sure. Listen, uh, uh, Inside Mortgage Finance crunched the third quarter of origination numbers, and we did the channel breaks, retail, wholesale, correspondent. And what we found was uh, correspondent and wholesale broker uh, originations were up uh, on a market share percentage, and retail slipped a little bit. Um, That's sort of interesting, uh, but what's going to be more interesting is in the quarters ahead as this market changes uh, to see if uh, lenders start cutting back on their retail costs and they decide to rely more on wholesale and correspondent, which has happened historically in the past, or whether they'll continue to forge ahead with retail and call centers and all that. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, you know, with, with rates risen, uh, rising as much as they have, uh, since the election, you know, are we going to see a major pullback in production or maybe it won't be so bad? Uh, will we see enough purchase business to make up for the decline in refis or will we see more cash out refis? There's a lot of unknowns here. And there's also people who are telling me, you know, rates, uh, you guys talk about bond prices, rates have risen too quickly um, in a short period of time. And then we could see some pullback here. Uh, so there's a lot of unknowns in the weeks ahead. And um, it's like I said, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and talking about interesting to watch, boy, uh, Fannie and Freddie's common stock now uh, yeah. lost to three bucks a share. <laughs> it was it hit a low, uh, 52 week low was 98 cents. So do the math. If you would, if you decide to speculate on that baby, uh, you'd be sitting on some fat gains depending on how many shares you bought. But you know, uh, it's it's into wow. I mean, you know, we know all about yeah. preferred shareholders. They're a different class of different class of stock, and they're suing the government, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but if you've been speculating in common and you had the, um, you know, the wherewithal to do that in, in some big numbers, wow, triple triple your profits uh, mm. if you sold if you sell right now. Uh, the question is, will it go higher? I mean, I, I'm not an expert on the common. Uh, I follow it. Uh, I don't know. It, you know, people tell me time and time again that stock is worthless. <laughs> but you know, it may be worthless, but people keep trading it. Uh, interesting. AIG, uh, our third story. Yeah, AIG, our third story. Uh, everyone knows they're selling United Guarantee to a uh, competitor. Um, um, Arch. Who is their competitor? Arch. Arch, Arch I'm sorry. Uh, yep. I've been out too long. I've been out for nine days. Uh, Arch, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, but uh, AIG is going to continue to buy whole loans and do structured deals. Uh, they like the mortgage market. They have been in the mortgage market for quite some time as an investor in MBS and other securities. Uh, they made some more announcements on a recent earnings call. Uh, that's on the website, something to keep an eye on. Uh, CISFIG, uh, the Structured Finance Industry Group, uh, they're proposing some um, new transparency to get the non-agency market moving. It's tied to uh, reps and warranties, having comparables, so you can do some comparisons and try and get that market going. Uh, people should go look at the uh, new CISFIG uh, green paper. 
Uh, the story is on our website. We have a bigger story in our uh, inside MBS and ABS newsletter. Uh, that's a market that you know could could do quite well in the year or two ahead uh, if um, you know the Trump administration decides to lend more of a, a forceful hand in getting that market off the ground, off its back. So uh, another interesting story. Uh, Fitch came out and probably made a big uh, announcement about nothing, uh, but <laughs> we figured we'd put it out there. They they continue uh, to look at the banks and the MSR market, and they predict that banks will continue to see market share. No surprise there, really, but it's nice to see uh, Fitch go out there and say that on the record. And in the short take section, we talk a little bit about who's going to get the HUD job in the new Trump administration, Ben Carson. Pardon, everyone saw that news last week. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, the, you know, why would a retired neurosurgeon want to be HUD secretary? <laughs> I don't know, uh, but who knows? I mean, he, you know, he was uh, someone who supported Trump, and uh, you know, I guess he wants to give him some kind of job in the administration. I'm not sure uh, HUD uh, is something that he'd be interested in, but I don't know him personally, and I have no. Specific knowledge of that. Everyone's talking about the HUD job, obviously, because you know Ginny and FHA and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably one of the more interesting uh, pieces and tidbits we have in the short take section. Uh, and that's about it for today. Well, I'll get Ben Carson's story if you're interested. Sure. I I was in Fox Studios getting ready to go on Cafudo Live on one of my trips to New York, and sitting right across from me in the green room was Ben Carson. So I introduced myself, and there's not a more soft-spoken, gentle-type personality. Very gracious, very nice man. And, I mean, a neurosurgeon, some of the surgeries he's done is celebrated. I mean, it's just amazing. Sure. But I was really – I mean, what I, when I look at leadership, I look at a certain level of dynamic personality. And um, my, first, my, my only encounter with him was a very pleasant conversation, and we got into some good issues. But even when he got into the hit and the passionate notes where, where he was getting on, I was asking him where he was going on. He was going on with O'Reilly, and I was going on. And some of these programs are taped early. But it was just – I was – uh, I was underwhelmed, underwhelmed with his dynamic nature. Now, intelligence can make up. I'd rather have someone intelligent than, than dynamic. But I was just interested. It would be really interesting if he, he goes for that because I think HUD and housing is going to need a bit more dynamics as it comes to um, the leadership. And so it will be real interesting to see if he takes the job and where that goes. So uh, I'm, I'm re- reading a lot of posts from a lot of people that are were, um, staunch Hillary supporters or not. They're, they're just bagging on this guy big time but there's a well we'll see smart guy but curious a curious selection to put put it mild is probably the nicest way to yeah, put it but anyway. it is curious and just you know about his personal nature i think everyone knew he was calm cool and collected and he's a neurosurgeon if you're yeah. getting your brain operated on you want someone who's calm cool and collected <laughs> you don't exactly. want some hyper guy you know if i had a surgeon who's named donald trump versus ben carson and they both had equal degrees and experience. I would go with Carson because he, you know, he's working on your brain. You want to be calm, cool, and collected. So, exactly. Anyway. Yeah, like like for. one person, like one person. There's not a lot up there in my head, so I don't want I don't want them messing up with the little that's there. So anyway, we'll see what goes on. They're messing with our head with that selection, though. That's a that's an interesting one. Paul, thank you yeah. so much for coming on and being thank here you. with us. Really appreciate it as always. Such a great pleasure. So great site. Check it out imfnews.com. Great stuff. Alice Alvey normally would be coming in at this point, but Alice is out and about. And so we're going to, um, as she sends her greetings, wishes everybody, hopes everyone had a great, um, really good um, 
Thanksgiving break. So we're going to be back after a few couple of words from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Are you using one of those expensive CRMs that your loan officers won't use? If so, then give my friends at Velma a call and let them help you create a customer journey that relies on the data and not on loan officer interaction. I encourage you to consider working with Velma to create a truly automated marketing experience for your organization. Velma makes marketing automation easy. Schedule a demo today at Velma.com, V-E-L-M-A.com. Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. Yeah, true. I love that service. I mean, Velma, great service. Simplify. I love the electronic communications and how you're communicating with your agents. Check them out. They're great sponsors. And none of that, they're very good at what they do. Appreciate you being with us, everybody. We've got Sam Garcia with us, turning on his mic. And always fun to check out his website. Good content here. Also, a lot of data. It's a data-rich website. So, stories and data. Sam, good to have you here. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. David, I did. Thank you. And, of course, uh, it's always driven by the Cowboys, which won again. Yeah, we won't talk about our Seahawks game. They got trounced by Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay found a new they, – they found their inner cells, and they, and they just killed our Cowboys. I mean, I killed our uh, – uh, our Seahawk team. So anyway, but, anyway, but unfortunately that that win came at a, our win came at of course the expense of yeah. the Redskins. So sorry to our friends at the NBA, who many of whom are Redskins fans. But uh, yeah, well, it, well, we got and then they're playing again Thursday. We got the Thursday night uh, NFL game, so it'll be real interesting. Looking that they're playing my old favorite team, uh, which is the Vikings. So we'll see. So anyway, good to hear your voice. What you got on your website, friend? You know, last week, uh, Fannie Mae issued its outlook, economic outlook, and um, even though we've seen rates rise recently, Fannie boosted its forecast for originations by $100 billion, so uh, that's quite a bit, (laughs) given uh, what we've seen recently. We'll see if that holds uh, as they get more time to digest uh, what rates have been doing, but um, uh, last week, of course, one of the biggest stories we had was uh, about the conforming loan limit. FHFA, which regulates Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, announced that the conforming loan limit will rise to $424,100 for 2017. And that turned out to be the first increase in more than a decade, um, as the limit had been stuck at uh, 417000 since 2006. And, you know, FHFA uh, determines the... Uh, the conforming loan limit based on right. uh, home prices, and the FHFA home price index was up 6.1% in September from a year earlier, and the number that they came out with was 238 was what the index was. Now, just to give you a little perspective, um, if if the index was 238 in, the, uh, in September, uh, the previous high had been 226, and that was in the second quarter of 2007. And the low for that index was 178 in the first quarter of 2011. So uh, 
you know, we broke through the barrier, reached uh, pre-crisis uh, highs for and, and past pre-crisis highs for home prices. And I think everybody uh, has been watching that in some of these areas around the country and as we have tight inventory. And we'll see how that goes now with rates climbing. But, um, you know, and of course, uh, with rates climbing, there's even even though rates have been climbing, should I say, there's been little change in mortgage business uh, from a year ago. Our uh, mortgage daily mortgage market index was 106 as of uh, Thanksgiving week, and that was pretty much pretty similar to where it was the same week last year. Um, but compared uh, to a year ago, purchase business is up uh, less than a percent, and refinance activity slipped by less than 3%. Uh, of course, refinance activity has slowed quite a bit more recently, week to week. But uh, just compared to a year ago, we're still looking pretty decent, you know, given where rates are right now. Um, Mayak announced that it's selling a $16 million uh, agency scratch and dent uh, portfolio, and the seller on that is a large non-bank mortgage originator. Um, over in uh, Ohio, Huntington Bank shares announced it's developing a new 210,000 square foot uh, office complex in Columbus. Um, that's expected to be finished, I think, by the middle of next year. And Huntington said it intends to bring a thousand new jobs to Columbus uh, by 2024 wow. as a result of this new uh, deal. And um, in conjunction with the development of this new site. Uh, Huntington plans to make $25 million in low to moderate income home loans in the Columbus area. Um, so that's an indication that some of those 1,000 jobs are going to be in the mortgage business um, in addition to some of their other businesses that they're in. Um, one other story I wanted to highlight was um, Hope Now reported that there were about 30,800 loan modifications completed in September. That was down from a little over 36,100 uh, the prior month. And that decline was driven primarily by proprietary uh, modification activity. Um, on the HAMP side, modifications actually were up on a year-over-year basis. So hmm. those are some of the, the latest highlights uh, that we had last year, which is last week, which was a really slow news week. Uh, we tried to come up with some stuff on Friday, and there just was nothing out there because, of course, all government uh, activity just shuts down. And uh, So uh, we'll get back into the news this week and get a lot more out there. Yeah, it's interesting about the Fannie Mae loan limits and seeing where those are at. And they increased them to over 600 and some, some thousand. I, I thought it was timely to try to find the number for the jumbo markets for the larger areas. And uh, I don't have that information right here, but I know that was also increased. So, yeah, understandable move given the uh, appreciation of homes. So, And then also Fannie Mae, Doug Duncan and team over there at Fannie Mae uh, talking about uh, where they are. It's there optimism there in the market so 2017 looking like it could be a very good year to be in the mortgage business well you know um the uh, the high cost area that you're referring to it's 150 percent of what the uh the conforming base limit is so um and that not that not only applies to some of the highest cost uh in the lower 48 but it also applies to alaska hawaii and guam and the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, for that, and we're just talking one-unit properties. Uh, what's interesting is if you you know you can use uh, GSE loans to to fund in these high-cost areas, two-unit properties loans up to five hundred forty-three thousand, and on four-unit properties you can actually get a Fannie or Freddie loan up to eight hundred and fifteen thousand. Wow! So uh, that, that that those of course are in the high-cost areas and those outlying yeah. areas that I also mentioned. So yeah, very uh, interesting. Yeah. 
good amount of information. You do a great job. Appreciate it. If you have folks have not, listeners have not, if you listeners have not checked out MortgageDaily.com, I encourage you to do so. Great amount of information there and also the data that is in there that's behind the subscription part of this site is it's it's amazing amount of stuff that's there amount of information reports data market data and it's a great resource for the industry i appreciate you coming on and being a resource for us my friend it's always good yeah yeah you, you know um i uh, just wanted to mention i i of course inside mortgage finance has some incredible uh data there yeah. you know i look at uh, guys to call and you know he's really the go-to guy out there when you're reading wall street journal or all these other big publications but you know we we have a lot of the data uh, that's more a uh, little bit not quite so targeted let's say um you know by yeah. let's, uh, county or whatever but you know at a, at a, a much lower price and then it's it's got a, some basic stuff for you they, they've got of course a whole lot more that even goes further but uh you know, I like them. I just wanted to mention, give them a, a shout-out because I've always yeah, followed them. And it's a good, company, they do a good, good job. publication. Good, man. I appreciate you being here with us, Sam. You have yourself a great rest of the day. And uh, looking forward to seeing you back here next week and hopefully talking to you throughout the week. I, I'll be on your website. You can be sure to that. Thanks, friend. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you next week. You bet. Folks, one of the things we get to do is have our sponsors on. And one of the things I like to have our sponsors do is really talk about the, the benefits – of what they have to offer. Again, trying to get our sponsors to come on with just that. And that is talking about what they, what you can, what they can, what you, our listeners can benefit from their products and services. So let's jump over to Jim, excuse the pun. Let's jump over to Jim jump and hear what arch MI has with their latest star program. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on, and we're happy to be a proud sponsor of the program. And today I'd like again to talk about RateStar from Arch Mortgage Insurance. RateStar is a revolutionary tool that allows mortgage originators to dynamically price mortgage insurance and match coverage to ArchMI's most competitive rates. And that's important because it allows you to compete more effectively, qualify more borrowers, and of course close more loans. That's the power of RateStar. Originators from around the country are letting us know just how quick and easy RateStar is to use. And all you need is your NMLS number, and you can access RateStar anywhere, anytime, using multiple points of entry, including most LOS systems, product and pricing engines, and through our websites at archmi.com and archmicu.com for credit unions. And of course, it's available through our mobile app for smartphones and tablets. RateStar makes it easy to choose what type of mortgage insurance coverage your loan needs. You just touch, tap, and go. Quotes are delivered in seconds and represent our most competitive ArchMI rates based on the strength and quality of the loan application. And I have to tell you, David, getting a mortgage insurance quote has never been so powerful or so simple. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you and say thanks. Have a great day, everybody. I appreciate that. It is truly one of the great services, and you can save money with that. Also, another thing that I encourage people to get in, in is get into network. Get in with and work with people that uh, you that in this industry is so rich with. And, and the way to best way to do that that I think of that I can think of is attending MBA events as well as getting involved with the Mortgage Collaborative. So with that, let's hear from our let's get a word about the Mortgage Collaborative. The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle, and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The Mortgage Collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The Collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. 
To learn more, go to mortgagecollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691. The Power of the Network. Well, we have with us today, by the way, Power of the Network, great great effective uh, way for you to meet industry leaders and encourage you to check it out. So let's talk with the profit doctor. He's been traveling around the country and doing a lot of fixing ails a lot of companies bottom line. So what wisdom do you have for us, Andy? Uh, You've got another webinar coming up. That's one of the things I wanted to get an update on is the latest on your webinars. You're getting to be a popular webinar guy through the MBA. Well, thanks Dave. Yeah, well, first, I'm very excited about your opening comments, even though maybe not everybody <laughs> heard, but you, your comment about the lion and the gazelle, and as a, as a lion, you only need to be faster than the slowest gazelle, so yes. that's good. You need to evaluate your, your target and know what, what good enough is, how good is good enough. Um, I'm going to be speaking in the, a couple of weeks to a bunch of CPAs who audit mortgage companies about mortgage accounting and some of the really hot topics that are facing CPAs is the way in which the derivative asset is offset by cost to complete. And it gets more complicated from there quickly, so I'm going to just move on. But I think it's really <laughs> can, interesting. Can, but can I encourage people to – get in touch with you because those things that seem complicated, even, you know, you just use the words derivative asset that, what was the words used? And yeah, the derivative asset and the application of cost to complete. So first of all, everyone heard that and you lost a whole bunch of people on that. And what I'm encouraging our listeners to do, listen, you can hear this, there's aspect of our industry that sounds complicated, but if you get a guy like Andy in there talking to you, you can actually figure it out and understand it. He can help me understand some of the basic stuff. That, I mean, some of the more complicated aspects. He can help you folks. So that's a little plug for you and your educational ability to break it down and help the, bring the complex to an understandable level, Andy. So that's good. So anyway, you were about to say to interrupt here, but go for it. No, no, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, I was going to talk about task management. I was, oh, and you asked about webinars. Sorry, one last thing. Uh, Next accounting webinar starts in February, and then the servicing webinar starts in July. So I encourage folks to attend those. And we're launching a new accounting webinar that's for its very advanced topics, and that will be interdispersed in there as well. But I wanted to talk about tasks because, you know, Dave, I'm a list guy. I like having lists. I like having things written down. I like being able to visualize all that needs to be done so that I can sort in my mind the best way to get to the next step. And so I, I, I'm, I'm not consistent. I'm actually very inconsistent in keeping up with my own rules. And I've got tasks in Outlook and I've got tasks in the CRM and I've got tasks written on notes. And so I'm trying to be much better at putting everything in one place, and uh, and it's going okay, but I'm inconsistent. And so I'm also a big proponent of outsourcing. And Dave, you've been using a outsource resource to help mm-hmm. keep up with your stuff for years, and I was honestly initially skeptical about how well that would go, but it seems like that's gone very yeah. well. So I'm I'm sitting here now, and you know I'm a big believer in empowering staff and don't give them. Don't give staff a task they're not capable of completing. Like someone hands me a basketball and says, go dunk it. Well, you know you're out of luck because unless I get a ladder, <laughs> it's not happening. 
<laughs> so be, you know, be aware. I mean, you're an expert in the industry, Dave. I'm an expert in the industry. People hire us for what we know. So I can't have a client who wants something from me talk to one of my associates who doesn't have my experience to be able to answer their question. All that does is frustrate everybody. So we need to have alignment between a delegation of duties and a third-party resource who can help me keep up with all of the stuff that's floating around out there that I, I, I have stuff falling off the back of the turnip truck, and that's bad. So I'm anxious to hear Emma talk mm-hmm. about how I can be better at this. Yeah, she, she and you're, you're going. We all going to benefit from this discussion, including myself. And I'm one of the ones that's been earlier adopter and using it. Uh, so that, that's very good. I appreciate that. Yeah, folks, if you are looking for someone to explain the complex and bring it to you, and not only fix things that are, if you're looking at your bottom line and going, I'm not happy with these numbers. Get a hold of Andy Shell. He does a great job. He is the individual that trains people, trains the auditors that audit our industry. So why not go to the teacher? And then, deal, then you have to deal with the students when you're coming to doing the audits. But go to the teacher, Andy Shell. How's the best way for people to reach you again, Andy? Oh, well, on our website, mbs-team.com, is my full contact information. But an easy way to remember is andy at mbs-team.com. Very good. Encourage you to check it out. Then we're going to have M on right after this ad break. Uh, KPI of the week, we have Motivity Solutions, John Maynell, who is a vice president of client services there at motivity and he's got the kpi of the week that we want to focus on we're going to be right back after this brief break hi dave thanks very much great to be back and this week's key performance indicator is application to underwriting cycle time this kpi is a measurement delivered at business days and tracking this metric helps lenders ensure that their processes upstream from underwriting are as efficient as they can be Our clients generally find that the sooner their qualified borrowers receive an underwriting decision, the less likely those borrowers are to shop around. So this KPI can ultimately boost app-to-funded pull-through as well, which is the KPI we focused on last week. So we're really beginning to connect the dots between operational efficiency and customer satisfaction. And once again, this and other KPIs we will be talking about in the coming weeks always demonstrate that what gets measured gets results. And uh, with that, I will thank you again, Dave, and turn it back to you. It's always good, good phrase. What gets measured gets results. So we appreciate you tuning in with us. I was talking at the beginning of the podcast when we talked about um, uh, when we were opening up and we were having some audio issues, so a lot of people didn't hear, but, you know, Andy referenced it. But, you know, in this business, we're all running. And that's what that opening comment was. We're all running. If you're a gazelle, you're running to stay alive. If you're a lion, you're running fast enough to catch the lion. But we're all running. But how are we running? And are we working as smart as we could work? There's a new book out that I'm a big fan of. It's called Bold, Bold, B-O-L-D. And it really talks about how to go big, how to create wealth, how to impact the world. And inside this book, it really gets into something called crowdfunding, crowdsourcing. We were teasing Andy said he's going to crowdfund his retirement. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, a lot of people are looking for alternative ways to do that. But we keep working and doing what we enjoy doing. And this book talks about how to do things differently. And there's a lot in here about crowdsourcing. Now, crowdsourcing is, in other words, leveraging other people's abilities in other parts of the world, other technologies, and then really bringing them into your business. 
I'll tell this story about myself. Early when I started in college, I, I worked to work for a bank, and the guy that hired me was impressed the fact that I was not a business major. He says he's tired of hiring business majors, so he said, I'm going to go outside of that. I'm looking for leaders. I happen to be the president of the student body, president of this, president of that. So he looked at my back college and said, oh, maybe this guy's got some leadership. So they hired me. Well, he did not ask me how far I could cap. Now, being a music major, which I am, a vocal major, he knew I could um, start, I could, uh, uh, I could come to at least four. So, as I assume, could do a better job at doing some of the number side of this business. Well, I quickly became a top producer, but my ability to do the numbers was a bit challenged. So, he had to come out and has either faced at firing me or something. We were trying to figure out what to do. And so on his way to come out to fire me, he said he stopped at a friend's office and said, you know what? I hate to do this, but I got to fire my number one producer. And it's because he can't get this math right. And the guy goes, he's your number one producer. Why are you getting rid of him? And he said, it's because of these disclosures. So he said, well, hire him some assistance. And at that point, I realized the concept of outsourcing. This was back in the 70s. I've always been a big fan of it and here to talk to us about outsourcing and how you can leverage others' abilities and specializations, as Andy talked about. You can go to this thing called outsourcing. So we're going to bring Emma Monroe on right now. Uh, I just want to realize, I just realized I did not turn on Emma's mic, but I think it's an important part. Emma is joining us from Australia. Emma, good to have you here. Thank you so much, David. Great afternoon to you. It's a good afternoon. It's a good, very early morning to you. So I know it's 4 a.m. there or 4.30 a.m. now or 4.40 a.m. But um, let's introduce ourselves, uh, let introduce you to our audience a little bit by starting off with uh, who you are and a little bit of your background. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So I have um, a over a decade's experience in B2B finance in Australia and um, after that amount of time of working with uh, mostly small businesses, uh, 5 to 20 employees, um, and working out their financial needs, um, I got into outsourcing and app development and marketing. So um, that's been a little bit about my story. I've been working with franchise brands in sales training as well, uh, mostly in the U.S. over the last five years. And um, now we are purely outsourcing. Well, you have, uh, and you're dialing in from Skype, using Skype, I might add, uh, if I recall correctly. Is that correct? And so we're using some technology. That's correct. Uh, and so yeah, we're, yeah. We're, 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 we're maxing out technology here all the way around. So uh, it's good to have you join us. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what, I want to start on the broad topic of outsourcing. You are, yeah. uh, you, you have experience on this, and you have some very innovative things that are going on. And so um, to kind of tease our audience and help them understand the benefits of us, give us a story. I always like starting with a story. Who, who have you, what's a great example of someone who is able to leverage their themselves through outsourcing and have far greater success than they otherwise could? Yes, absolutely. Great question. And I, I just want to touch first, David, on um, a topic that's come up quite a bit on your show today, which is um, – the um, working on your speciality, I tend to like to call it your zone of genius. And so I want to ask you a question, David, if that's okay, about um, 
you know, with your experience in mortgages and loan origination, what do you feel is the general zone of zone of genius for your audience? Well, I, I when you, we, our audience is diverse, we have people that are in the operational yeah. side of the business, we have people on the sales side of the business, and so um, everyone has their own sense of genius. For me, it's going out and forming good relationships. I guess that's why this radio program has worked as well as it has. But then the operational people, yeah. they're you know, they're they may not have the same skill set at operations. But so I think that's one of the things. So the genius is one of the geniuses is your ability to relate and bring various services together. And I'd like to focus on some of those. So what, give us a little insight. You have a company and you have actually two companies. One is sales VA and other ones is, uh, well, shoot, it's just social VA. VA. (laughs) And so keep me there for a minute. So if you could talk about those (laughs) and how those work in a marketplace and how it can benefit uh, loan originators as well as uh, operational people. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's a good question to ask themselves is what, what is their zone of genius? But um, one of our clients has um, that we started off years ago with, um, they look after 10,000 sales contractors and um, they had about 15 uh, B- BDMs who were meant to be on the road. B- BDMs, that, if you could... Explain what a BDM again, business, business development managers, right? Okay. Business development managers. And yep. so their whole role is supposed to be on the road developing business. But they found that those 15 team members were um, spending two days a week behind their desk doing admin work. Now, that could have been real admin work, but it could all, it, they found out that um, some of it, you know, they're exhausted or they're not the right fit for the job. And so they were kind of hiding behind their desk. And so they, they looked at um, our outsourcing solution and um, started outsourcing more and more of those admin tasks. Some of their team weren't happy with it, so there was redundancies made. Um, they cut back their BDMs to six. They're now back up to 12. But the big thing, David, is that those 12 are now out on the road full-time, supported by an outsourced admin team who are great at um, efficiencies behind the desk and admin tasks. Um, their clients are happier because they're getting 24-7 service, which they weren't getting before, which the business can now afford. But the biggest difference is, David, that as a business, they can now attract a higher level of BDM who is, has the right skills to be out on the road and doesn't want to hide behind the desk. So they're actually able to pay their BDMs um, a difference from before. They were fifty dollars to $65,000 a year. Now they're ninety-five to $120,000 a year um, level of person. So that's just so, an example of I mean, um, a, a, a business an outsourcing restructure. Right. A business development manager is analogous to a loan originator. And I think that one of the things is, is many of us get caught doing things that are outside of our sweet spot. In other words, outside of our n- number one skill set. I remember having a conversation with uh, the old Bengals quarterback. Uh, he's a friend of mine. Our daughter was good friends with his daughter, and so we were over at his house. And he had a 17-year career in a NFL. And we sat numerous times while watching our kids play, and I uh, had a chance to interview Jeff. And Jeff would say, I asked Jeff, why is it you're so successful at this? You're a natural athlete. Why did you pick NFL? And he says, I was very fortunate early on in my career to get some great advice. I was a natural athlete. I actually loved baseball better than I did football. 
and I know football in in your country is soccer, but football here is the uh, the other kind of football, the U.S. football. And uh, he says, I actually enjoyed baseball better, but my natural skills seem to be better at football. And so the, my coach pulled me aside, and the baseball coach didn't appreciate the conversation, but he said, you need to focus. You're really a gifted athlete. You need to focus on the number one thing that you are best at, and you'll have a very prosperous career. And he says, you're good at baseball, and I know you love that more, but it is really not the thing that you're really, really good at, and that is being a quarterback and your ability to throw. Now, he was a pitcher in baseball, but he was Mm -hmm. able to have a 17-year career in the NFL as a quarterback, and it was because he focused on what he's best at. So when we're looking at the BDMs or the business development people and the loan originators, uh, some of the tasks, uh, those listeners that are listening to this interview with Emma, I want you to start writing down a list of things that you're not so good at. Typically, for if you're like the typical originators, detailed, mundane type things are really what get in the way. And so let's talk a little bit about sales VA just briefly, and then I really want to get over to social VA because that can really increase people's business. So in sales VA, it's something that I'm using, and it's taken a little bit of adjustment for me to learn how to do it because I, I, I'm just learning how to do it and do it effectively. And to Andy's point, he wants to learn how to leverage ourselves. But the sales VA is a, an app. It starts with an app. So talk about that, and then what happens behind the app and how that works. If you could get into that briefly. Absolutely. Thank you, David. Um, And you're right. Multitasking is overrated (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. is one of my things that I say to my team because um, it takes time for the brain to move from one um, job to the next. And so um, being in sales for over 20 years, um, I've come to learn exactly what salespeople are great at and what they aren't. And so with my outsourcing experience and technology experience, we developed an app which allows salespeople who are on the road and busy and great face-to-face, but not necessarily great going back to the office and scheduling the follow-up meetings, sending the follow-up material and collateral, and um, making those dreaded CRM file notes. so that's exactly what we do. And you're right, David, it is a, it's a change of behavior because we're so used to just having to do those, those mundane tasks that um, we have to relinquish a little bit of control, work with another person and um, be able to train them for the first period of time. And so our app is a dictation app. Um, it allows our both onshore and offshore team to um, do those file notes and send those emails and schedule those follow-ups on behalf of our clients. So that's just a little snapshot of what Sales yeah. VA does for loan originators and BDMs. And well, I want to just highlight a couple of things. So how that actually, you download this free app, and then there's a big red button in the middle of it. You press record a message, and you speak into your cell phone, and you just say, for example, a loan originator coming out of an office, they say, Sales VA, make a note. I just walked out of this XYZ real estate office. I met with this person, this person, this person. Follow up and do this. Create some tasks for me to follow up. Or you could even assign tasks to your sales VA person if you've trained them. And then you go on to the next sales call. While that's happening, you then hit the send button. It goes to your sales person, sales VA. It uh, goes into the system and it gets reviewed. Then it, a task gets signed out to a team. And those tasks get done. Now, you're going to have to give them access to your CRM, 
things you can do. And I have done that now. And I'm thrilled. The quality of the work is amazing. So, and it's very affordable if for a service like that. Talk just briefly a little bit about cost because if people go, I can't afford to hire a $2,500 person or even a $1,500 person. So get into cost of something like Sales VA, if you could, Emma. Absolutely. So Sales VA, we, because we do very defined, specific processes for our clients, um, we've been able to find some great efficiencies and um, while maintaining the quality. And so for Sales VA, um, unlimited amount of entries per month, and that's $150 US per month. Okay, so say that again. So I didn't the, the, come co- the cost basis. That's okay. So um, it's unlimited amount of tasks per month for 150 US per month per originator. So let's see if you. Have, so 150 dollars a month, you get a free app and the ability to, to work with someone to do unlimited amount of tasks. Andy Shell, do the ROI on that one. That is amazing. So, <laughs> well, wait a second, Dave. I got to access my app. Be sure and take a note because I need to calculate the ROI on having a hundred unlimited tasks for hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Send that to myself for follow up tomorrow. <laughs> That's, you've got it, Andy. That's exactly what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> it works. That's so cool. That's amazing for hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, Andy's a quick study on this stuff. It doesn't take him too long. And and and. And I both share one thing where at the core of good delegation, there's a certain amount of laziness in the bid in there too. We joke about it, but, but, but the reality is there's that. But then, you know, some of these tasks, you can actually get your, this, this salesperson, this administrative assistant, how I use it. And I'm going to talk about that person I have in the Philippines in a minute. Um, but you could yeah. use this person to do multiple tasks. And if you could run through that quickly, and then I want to get over to so, social VA so we can talk about how you can in, use a uh, outsource person to leverage and get more business at the door. So, but talk a little bit about um, this, uh, finish that up on the sales VA, if you could. Yes, absolutely. So the three processes that sales VA does is they will send a follow-up email after a meeting with the right collateral attached. So you know how we're, when we're in a meeting, we say, oh, you know, I'll send you this document and this document and this document. Well, dictate that and we will do that for you. We will do your CRM file notes and any detail updates that need to be made in that. Um, And then we will schedule follow-up meetings or follow-up calls or tasks that need to be done after a meeting so that's in your calendar. I love it. So, you know, Andy and I used to work together and he said, Dave, you just came back from a convention. Did you make a lot of notes in our CRM? I go, Andy, I'm long on the relationship side. I'm short on that. I wish I would have had this app back then. I would have captured a lot more information. So let's make sure I understand that. So you can dictate the app. You can say, send a follow-up email. They'll send a follow-up email. And if there's collateral you want them to send, they'll send it. And you could do all that for $150. (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. Okay. let's Let's talk about social VA because sales VA is an administrative function that will help you do tasks and the follow-up, the mundane kind of things that you may not be necessarily good at, like me. So let's talk about social VA, because that is another service that actually helps bring your brand forward and helps get new business. Talk about that. Absolutely. So we have um, particularly real estate clients, which I know is outside this show's domain, but um, we kept saying to us, look, what We have realtors that listen to us, so I mean, that's that's good, but it's it's applicable to to, uh, LOs as well. So go ahead, talk about that. Absolutely. So we have we have a significant real estate brand say to us, look, we love the app, we love the service, but 
what else can we do with this? And so with them, we created um, Social VA, which um, is a way for, from a brand perspective, they're petrified of what their um, team members are posting online. And team members, especially really dedicated ones, just want the freedom to be able to um, post what they think is amazing content online. And so this is a way to bridge both. So we're, we act as the middleman, we um, curate content, we direct content. Uh, we spring off, and I believe you've had them on before, um, Social Survey. Yes. have been on your show before. And so we actually use their content for their clients and um, springboard off that and turn it into great graphics and uh, facilitate user-generated content, which is you know your customers and coach them through creating video content as well. So it's an outsource service for both brands and individuals to um, really um, hit the market with amazing content from a different perspective because at the moment, especially in this industry, it's all about branded content. But we believe there's two other buckets, okay? So if you're just posting branded content, you don't get the engagement um, that you get by mixing branded content with user-generated content and user stories of so the service along think, with authentic yeah. um, team content. Okay, good. So let's, we had talked about three categories there. You talked about branded content. Yeah. You talked about organic yeah. content. And then you just talked about a third one, and I, I talked over you, so I missed it. What was the third one again? That's okay. That's okay, which is um, we call it micro-video content. So that's, you know, who are your team members? You know, what are yep. their stories? What are they out in the community doing? What's their day look like? Because to pick up a phone now, um, your prospective customers are doing so much more um, research online than ever before. And what are they actually finding? If they're only finding the brand of content, that's a barrier to actually pick up the phone and go, I don't know who I'm talking to. Um, whereas see. if they can start a little bit of a relationship and get to know you behind the scenes, um, that barrier to pick up the phone is a lot less. So, so when let's let's get this down because I'm I'm looking at the clock and time goes away. Before I, I yeah. go there, Joe, uh, you're catching some of this, and uh, it's it's not the uh, best optimal audio coming in from Emma, but uh, you've captured something. Is there any questions that you have as it relates to outsourcing? using sales VA or what your understanding of social VA is at this point? Well, I'd go back to the question, Dave, about uh, cost and, and committed terms. I uh, didn't hear much about a committed term. And if somebody wanted to try out your service, Emma, do they have to sign a long-term contract or, or is it a simple month-to-month uh, uh, service? It is a simple month-to-month simple -month service. That's really a great way. big reason not to try it. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. That's a great question, Joe, because I think you might you get, I got to get locked in on something, and uh, and it's like and that's why I like about your service, Joe. I mean, you go month to month, you let people in, and and um, mm -hmm. and people come in and they never leave because it's like me. You get used to it, you get hooked on it, and I think that's really the benefit from it. Let's. I want to be really clear about social VA again. So you're aggregating content. So give us a scenario. I think you can best. Um, describe it in a story. So give us a story that's around social VA that would be a good application for a loan originator uh, here in America. Absolutely. So um, first of all, getting your, um, the true voice of your customers. So using something like social survey to you know, survey your customers and get their feedback and share that feedback, feedback online. 
and then we would um, turn that feedback into amazing looking graphics because there's so many visual people out there now. They don't, don't, they don't just want to read. So we turn that into graphics and reshare that across all your platforms. So what are some of the platforms that? So what are some of the platforms you share that across? Just to give an idea, are you talking about social media platforms? Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, not so much Twitter these days, but um, we still put it on there for SEO. Um, YouTube. So we collate all the content at the end of the month and turn that into a YouTube video. Um, and then LinkedIn, of course, because LinkedIn is a huge platform for learning originators. Yeah, for those that don't know what Social Survey does, Social Survey surveys your customers for you on an ongoing basis. And what that does is what Emma is talking about is curating or bringing together the Social Survey data. And then what do you do to uh, make that data uh, publish that, basically? And so what sale, excuse me, what uh, Social VA does is it is like a an assistant. It is your virtual assistant to publish and your good stories of what you've done for others, and and then also enables you to communicate a message for your clients. It does involve you recording some videos and yeah, you can, you should get comfortable doing that. If you're not, I do a video every single day and I still struggle with getting this going. So I'm, I'm working through this myself, but I am finding the value is so worth the effort to get through and press through because if you read the book bold, it will tell you that is what the next generation, those that are being the most successful in this next wave, are they learning how to leverage things like sales VA, social survey, and social VA. So, Emma, we, I'm looking at the clock. We're running out of time. We've got to wrap this up. What's the best way for people to learn more about these two very important products uh, that you're using or that you, that you offer? Absolutely. They can go to salesva.com or socialva.co, or they can connect with me on LinkedIn, which is Emma Monroe, M-O-N-R-O. Very good. I encourage you to check it out. So here's the two solutions. One is having for $150 a month, you have an app in your pocket that communicates with a virtual assistant that will fill out your CRMs, will send out collateral, thank you notes that as you leave an office, right there. I don't know what your calculation is, folks, but that is worth it. It shows that little extra effort and it'll get you more business. Then you have social VA, which you're working with social survey to gather up data, or you're just collecting organically yourself. And then you use social VA to get that pushed out to all of your various uh, prospects or people that are you're connected with through social media. Strongly encourage you to check these out. Again, Emma can be reached by uh, by her website and her email address. Again, your email one more time, Emma is. Uh, sorry, it was actually my LinkedIn account, which is oh, your LinkedIn. Well, LinkedIn, of course, LinkedIn is the best way to go. That is really might as well get started. That's the right thing to do. So go LinkedIn. It's Emma Monroe with an M O N R O. Yeah, don't put an E at That's that. Correct. Don't do the Marilyn Monroe thing. Do the Emma Monroe, which is <laughs> drop the E. Anyway, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining in with us today, Emma. Very good, very great content. Thank I know you. you had to get up great. You had to get up really early to be here with us, but I really do appreciate it. Special thank you to Angie Ledbetter, who listened in from Little Rock, Arkansas. We talked to her at the beginning of the program. She's with Delmar financial out of Missouri, but she's located in Little Rock. Appreciate you, Angie, and all of you around the nation that listen to this 
podcast and have made it uh, such a popular podcast and have made it so successful. Appreciate you being here with us. Look forward to having you back next week. And uh, next week we're going to have on the program, what do we got? Let's see here. We have Brent Emler of Velma talking about effective ways for you to market your services through an integrated marketing platform and uh, that'll be another good content of how to get more business, focusing on that here in the last couple of programs. Good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great week. Look forward to having you here next week. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.